What is going on, self-improver? It is Brian Ford with Self-Improvement Daily. Take ownership of your personal development one tip at a time. Today we've got a special episode for you. It is a self-improvement sit-down. In these self-improvement sit-down interviews, I speak in detail with industry leaders to better understand their philosophies so that we can take a learning or two away and incorporate it into our own life. If you're accustomed to the daily two-minute personal development tip I share every day, where it's about a unique observation, insight, experience, exercise, or mindset, then fear not, I'll be back with a new two-minute episode tomorrow. But today, you are in for a treat. This is Self-Improvement Sit-Down number 58 with Carrie Rich. And we are live. Today's guest is Carrie Rich. Carrie is the co-founder of the Global Good Fund, investing in high potential overlooked social entrepreneurs like women and people of color. And she's also the managing director of the Global Impact Fund. And overall, she is just a voice in force for good. Carrie, thank you so much for chatting today. I am so excited to be here with you, Brian. Thanks for having me. I'd love to start with just almost the namesake of everything that you represent and something that, you know, is implanted in everything that you do is this word global. And I think global is such a fascinating word, right? Because it has two different elements to it. And, you know, I just love to kind of hear about why that's important and why you choose to integrate globality into your approach. Thank you, Brian, for the question. Uh, and I'll start by saying, you know, we're still in the midst of COVID. And so never before has there been a time where sort of everyone has recognized how interconnected we are. Um, but I think the message and the concept of being interconnected globally existed long before COVID and will exist long after. And the reality is that great ideas are spread with all kinds of people, but the opportunity to make good on those ideas, to capitalize on those ideas, to deliver social impact based on those ideas is not. It's unevenly distributed. And it's so easy to look at other people's problems. You know, it's easy to point out in different parts of the world, you know, that's their issue. Um, but to realize that we have our own problems right here at home around the corner. And so it was really important for me and the co-founder of the Global Good Fund to do both, to say, we have our own problems at home and we need to address those issues. And we also can really make a substantial difference by supporting people in their homes in other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And that's why we believe so much in this Global Good Fund um, and also this idea that we're, we're interconnected, that whether you're in Bosnia or in uh, Burundi or in the city of Boston, you may experience some of the same challenges related to leadership and social impact, and we can learn from each other. Yeah, that's such a good point, you know, that human nature is consistent across the world, right? And, and that's kind of what you're touching on is that if there is a problem that's happening locally, or if there is a concern or a trend or something that's happening in one space, it's probably projected or, you know, has some representation elsewhere. So what can you learn from that kind of local model or that isolated model, realizing that it's not actually isolated and that it is distributed 
and, you know, kind of use that as a, almost a proof of concept in, in addressing some of the world's issues. So I think that's, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we all globally want the same things. We all want access to quality education for our children. We want access to quality health care for ourselves and our elderly loved ones. We want access to clean air to breathe, clean water to drink. These are universal values that we hold. And so uh, it really uh, doesn't matter where in the world we are. We can find commonality in, in those values um, and to be able to come together. You know, there's so many times in life where you're being forced apart, um, but to be able to find commonality across the globe on these core issues has been really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's, there's always that through line and it's just a matter of recognizing it. Yeah, absolutely. Earlier, you mentioned something that I found really interesting, which is kind of the leadership component of what you do, right? Is that you're investing in people knowing that, yes, there's this isolated effort, but then let's go and have other people carry the torch and kind of be the local proponent or advocate for whatever that might be. And there's kind of an undertone or an illusion of empowerment kind of within that, you know, conversation of leadership. And I, I think that's such an interesting component because, you know, I say this every day on the podcast, take ownership of your personal development, right? I think taking ownership is empowerment. You feel personally powerful to be able to move forward what you believe in, but from a, almost like a tactical and leadership standpoint, you then disseminating this message of empowerment, what do you, what do you instill in others or how do you cultivate that culture of empowerment so that other people do take the torch and run with it and feel their own agency in in the activity? Great question. So the Global Good Fund is a nonprofit organization. We're almost 10 years old at this point. And we got founded because in part of my own personal journey, I was working at a large healthcare organization in the U.S. And my boss, my direct supervisor, was the CEO of this multi-billion dollar company. And he took an interest in my personal and professional leadership development. He invested in me, he sponsored me, he mentored me, he coached me, he pulled me up, he gave me a platform, financial resources, a team. He believed in me. And because I got the message that this person who's so successful believes in me, I felt like I could invest in myself and positively influence the world. And so the premise of the Global Good Fund became, how do we find other high potential young leaders, no matter where they live? and invest in them in terms of what they've decided is already important in their local communities. Mm. They're already responding to market needs in their communities. How do we support them in place? And we found that the, the common factor was leadership, that the, the world is rising and falling on, on great leadership. And if we could find leaders who were using business as a vehicle for good, we could align those emerging young leaders with seasoned executives like my boss at the time uh, as a catalyst for good globally. Uh, And we really believe that people closest to the problem are going to come up with the best answers, the most effective answers to suit their local communities. And so we've been virtual uh, our entire existence, supporting people in place. Um, And rather than thinking that Global Good Fund has any answers here. What we what we believe is that these folks already have great ideas. They've already sort of taken a dive from an airplane and are building a parachute on the way down. And our job is to really give them a platform that they may not otherwise have, or it might not be as big, give them financial resources 
mentoring and coaching support to implement their personal leadership plan uh, and really get out of the way because they're fully capable if they just had the support system uh, that's that's equitable. Hmm. I I love that. I love that response because there's just such a strong sense of humility in it, right? And, and then, you know, the question was about empowerment and how do people feel like they are the person to take something on? It's because they're the ones that came up with it. And you being that back end resource to empower others, like that really means that you understand the dynamic of the relationship, which is, yes, my role is to be the platform and the safety and cultivation of your own brilliance and your own expertise. Now you go off and run with that, you know? So that's, that's such an interesting kind of technique is you need them as much as they need you, you know? And I think there's that kind of reciprocity that really leads to empowerment. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, I think of myself as a, you know, everyday person, and I believe that uh, we can find other everyday people and support them in their vision for how to live their full potential. It doesn't have to be our vision, it's their vision right. for how to make the world a better place and fulfill their potential. Um, and I, like I said, there's great talent and opportunity that's distributed evenly all over, but the resources and the networks to bring those ideas to life are not equally distributed. And so to just cast a little bit of light on people who are already great uh, in their vision and our regular people, just like uh, me, made a lot of sense. Uh, and, and I really believe in in these folks to change the world. Yeah, no, it's it's brilliant. I mean, a lot of the work that I do in the social impact space, you know, I, I co-founded a platform called For Purpose. And one thing that we call ourselves is an impact incubator where people have their own dreams and desires and visions for how they want to see the world. And we go and we provide that extra support, whether it be network or resources or just even encouragement to go do it. Right. And that's, you know, it sounds like you guys are also an impact incubator, you know, like you're really facilitating that on the ground level, which is, which is amazing. And, and I think something that you kind of referenced in your explanation so far, that is one of the core pillars of this global approach, right? That word global is diversity, you know, and, and even you think of survival of the fittest, you know, Charles Darwin states that, you know, survival of the fittest operates when there is, you know, distribution of diversity, because then there are, you know, localized, almost like case studies or tests or examples that would be able to respond to the current context. And I know that diversity, not only from this distributed model is important because you're incorporating different parts of the world, but, you know, just diversity in thought, diversity in all of these other kind of intangible ways are just part of building, you know, a more effective resource or solution to something. So I, I'd love for you to touch on that, just kind of, because you're very intentional about this idea of a diversity, you know, what does that mean for you? And how do you, how do you integrate that? Yes. Thank you for the question. Obviously a really important one. Remove your moral compass, your values from the conversation entirely for, if you can, for one second. And, you know, the concept of diversity just makes business sense. Uh, and so what we see is we are able to unlock domestically alone, $4 trillion in the market, simply by investing in black and brown entrepreneurs, $4 trillion domestically alone. And so Global Good Fund has made it our mission to invest in the individuals with great ideas and great ideas come in all packages. And so over the last 10 years, 
half of our entrepreneurs that we've supported have been women and more than two thirds domestically have been black and brown founders. And those numbers go up as you go global because of the demographics of our world. And that's really intentional, um, not in terms of diversity, but in based on caliber of thought, thought leadership, leadership on its own feet. Um, and we get over 3000 applications a year. So we're looking at you know, a broad number of ideas and geographies. It's actually one of the hardest parts of the job is, is um, there's more people than we can possibly support with phenomenal ideas. And it's really not difficult if you're truly looking at the most effective ideas for delivering positive social impact. It's really not hard to find diversity from where those ideas come. The challenge is, is you know, being open to thinking that way hmm. and having it really be about the best ideas. Because again, if you remove your moral compass from the idea that diversity is a morally good thing and just focus on economic impact alone, investing in diversity, so much research shows makes sense. <laughs> Um, and so we've taken that idea also to the Impact Fund. So Global Good Fund as a nonprofit and the Impact Fund as a sister company, 80% of our portfolio companies at the Impact Fund are led by Black, Brown, and women founders. And half of our investors are Black, Brown, and women investors, whether you measure by capital or number of investors. So diversity makes sense as a business prerogative, no matter how you look at the equation. Yeah, it has a certain context around it where it's like you think of diversity, you think of, oh, racial inclusion. And, you know, it almost does have a, an almost narrow lens of people applying that thought of diversity. But you're right. You know, it just it's an advantage. It doesn't need to be a trending topic. It's an advantage for so many reasons. And, um, in, in the, you know, we, we talk a lot about kind of that racial element, but you talk about neurodiversity and how different people are at their best in different environments. And you talk about you know, diversity in religion and kind of upbringing and culture and how that ends up presenting new ideas, you know, so it's like, it really is, you know, there's just such a almost universal element to everyone being diverse. And how can we embrace that and, and leverage that in service of the things we care about instead of, you know, leverage it for the, the marketing of it, or the kind of the answering to the stakeholder of whatever that might, what advantage that might bring for someone. So uh, yeah, I, right. I very and much agree with that. Yeah, and if you're looking, if you're truly looking for the individuals with the best ideas, with the most effective ideas for positively changing the world, you, you don't care what people look like, right. how they speak, how they pray, what they eat, how they live. You're looking for people with the best ideas to change the world. Uh, and, and again, it's a it's a business case. You know, it, it happens to be that it's also the morally right thing to do, but you don't have to be righteous to believe that. You know, or noble to think that making a smart business choice is is also right, um, and so it's it's not an either or in this case. It's a both. You can do good and do well at the same time. I love the win win of life. When we find the win win of life, then we're moving forward. Yes. Uh, I love that you articulated that. Cool. All right, let, let's move on to a, a, a second topic, and maybe this is more broad and individualized, um, just based on you know the pursuit of personal development, and self improvement. You know, one of the pillars that everyone looks for in life is purpose, right? And you, you, I can just tell you're glowing with purpose, right? Like you feel very at home with the things that you do. And, and it's so special to be able to discover that, but not everyone else does, you know, there's, it, it's difficult and it's not necessarily straightforward. So, 
uh, you know, I, I know that you had a number of different formative experiences. You've already touched on mentorship and, you know, different opportunities you've had, but, you know, also, you know, through travel and just other, you know, exposures you've had that you've been able to kind of arrive at your purpose. And I'm curious to hear and kind of looking back and I know it's dynamic, you know, there's, there's more to be done, but looking back at your kind of path to date, you know, what are some of the more compelling moments that have influenced your purpose and how you kind of knew with more certainty that, oh, this is something that I, I, that my heart is pulling me to do and that I want to do. Thank you for the question. When, when I was in school at university, the topic of social entrepreneurship did not exist as a topic you could study. Um, it was not a degree, it was not a certificate. There weren't even single classes on the topic. Um, so the closest thing to social entrepreneurship was healthcare as far as I was concerned, mm. it was the business of helping people. Um, and I think when you look at healthcare, you see people who are experiencing the highest highs and lowest lows of life and everything in between. And you see this, you see people, this human connection, you see people showing up for each other or not, and it makes or breaks people, literally. Um, and for me, that was really inspiring scary, terrifying. It was scary. Um, and it also made me really want to invest heavily in understanding the business of helping people. Mm. You know, some people study, um, and there's no judgment here. There's some people who study other individuals who make, are really good at making money. And there's some people who study individuals who are really good at having social impact. And for me, it was this combination. It was, you need financial resources to make the world go round. And the way I want to use those financial resources in my life is to make the world a better place. And so I spent a lot of time studying people and uh, trying to emulate people who I thought not only lived a successful life in terms of their finances, but were living lives of significance. Mm. And what I saw was that they spent a lot of time with people they cared about and loved. They were very present for their loved ones. And they also were very intentional about spending time giving back in their local and global communities. Uh, and so it's something that I try to be really intentional about, you know, volunteering locally and also, you know, global exposure. Uh, to appreciate that other people live differently from how I do, and it doesn't make it right or wrong. If on either way, it doesn't make the way I live right or wrong, nor the way they live right or wrong, but it makes us all better. Uh, and this idea, fundamentally, that being exposed to the way other people live makes us better. You know, you might go someplace to do volunteer service, but <laughs> it's actually making me in that case, a, a better person. And so uh, I've really tried to spend time learning, um, listening, soaking in how other people live um, before trying to be helpful. Might as well do something that helps others and helps yourself. There's a, a larger conversation that I'm really hoping to pioneer in my career, which is around the idea of you know, you go back to our evolutionary history and a lot of human behaviors optimized around egoism and selfish and self-serving, right? And kind of where does that come from? And our society 
has this connotation that if you do something for others, it should not also benefit you. And if it does, then it, it's not done for the right reasons. But if you distill it back to that original thought, which is everything is done to be self-serving, you might as well help others while you're helping yourself instead of just helping yourself. So I, I think there's a, a larger conversation there um, that you're touching on, which is kind of how can you integrate perspective and you know put yourself in the seat that you want to be in through mentorship and no lessons and readings. And, you know, there's so much access to those lessons these days. It's incredible, you know, and kind of pair that with this new awareness and empowerment around like, yes, I can do what's best for me and best for the world all at the same time, you know, and, and I think you just dared to dream that way. And you were one of the first people to do that. And, you know, pioneering social entrepreneurship is a huge vehicle for driving that. Well, and there's been a lot of people before me and Global Good Fund who, who set the foundation for, for this work to exist. You know, we wouldn't exist without the Ashokas and Acumens of the world right. Um, right. and sort of sit on their great shoulders. Um, and I would say one of the things I've learned from people who came before was that, you know, if you don't invest in yourself, you can't expect anyone else to invest in you. Mm. And so that was sort of drilled into my mind early on that it was important in terms of what I could contribute to others in the world that I invest in myself. And that looked like spending time and money that was, was, it was hard. It was, you know, it's not fun to spend money on yourself um, when there's, you know, you'd rather buy something, but you're spending money on training or um, getting educated or getting an experience that will really be valuable um, for professional development and personal growth. Um, but what I learned from uh, other players in the field, other people who are trying to positively change the world is that they were able to do so because they first invested in themselves and that positioned them to more effectively help other people live their full potential. So I, I continue to this day to try to be um, selfish in that way of investing in myself so that I can invest more in others. Right. There's an order of operations here, right? Because it's, you know, you talk about the give and receive of life, right? And people are like, oh yeah, you know, like I want to give, 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 but it's like, you must receive to then give. And then, you know, you have to be in that position of receptivity to be prepared to give, you know, it's the, the maxim of fill up your own cup before you can fill up someone else's, but it's true. And, and that is the first step, you know, and, but people overlook that as the first step growing on this conversation, you know, and kind of the way that I first demonstrated or, you know, was articulating purpose as kind of this dynamic process and, you know, how it's evolving. Uh, your purpose shifted significantly recently. You know, you are a my mother um, and I imagine, and congratulations, but I, I imagine that that has shifted your personal purpose a little bit. Um, you know, how, how has that kind of, you know, adjust, made adjustments or caused you to change the way that you see the world and the way that you invest your time and, you know, kind of some of those, um, yeah, some of the ways that your purpose has changed moving forward. I think becoming a parent forced me to get crystal clear about what I care about because without even sometimes being as intentional as I should be, my values are playing out before our children's eyes and they're soaking it in. Um, so we have three little kids now, um, a four-month-old, a six-year-old, and a four-year-old. And uh, I am so proud to be able to expose them to helping other people. I am so proud to be able to take them with me on Global Good Fund visits to 
other parts of the world so they can see how other people live. And I'm proud to bring them locally to do volunteer work um, and equally to play on the playground and um, try to cultivate kindness, you know, rather than smarts uh, or hopefully in addition, but um, you know, that the focus for our family is really around how are you being kind today? What are you doing today that's kind? And so I think uh, I've tried to apply that for the last 10 years in a business setting. What are you doing that's good for the world? And to be able to say, what are you doing that's kind for your classmates uh, is a really different question than what did you get on that test? Uh, and so I actually think becoming a parent and trying to grow kind, good little humans has forced me rather than changing my mission to double down on it, to say, I, there's nothing else I would rather be doing than creating a better world. Uh, and that our children will be the ones who ultimately benefit from that. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. That's, that's there's there's interesting. almost like a, a purity to your vocation that you need to really be intentional about. You know, you mentioned just like knowing with absolute clarity what you want to invest in and what's worth it. But there's also no hiding, right? Because sure, at work, you can go and show up and you can come home and things are different. But then when you're taking care of kids and you're, you're teaching values and everything that you do, there, there's no hiding, you know, there's no taking time off, you know, and I think that it That's holds sure. you accountable. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, especially with three, but it, it holds you accountable to, to being the person you want to be and to living that because now, you know, the stakes are higher than just yourself. It affects other people, you know, and there's a really interesting relationship we have when, you know, we're, we're so much more motivated, inspired and accountable when other people are involved. Um, because, you know, as you mentioned in the beginning, like we're so connected and our well-being is invested in the well-being of others. Um, but I love that kindness is what you've been able to kind of back into as that core value. You know, that's because you're right. I mean, no one would disagree with the importance of kindness in the world. You know, there is polarizing issues, but treating other people well is universal. And, you know, the more that we can encourage that in younger generations and within ourselves, I think the better off we're all going to be. So I love yeah, it. And exposing kids to the idea that entrepreneurship, social entrepreneurship is a concept when they're really that young and maybe you don't call it social entrepreneurship, but they've been quite exposed to entrepreneurs from all over the world and across the country who are doing things differently than traditional jobs that they might be exposed to in a school setting mm -hmm. uh, and to appreciate that um, it takes all different kinds of people to make make the world go round and that we're better off for it you know our our son will do things like um, try to sell lemonade or um, other things like that that bring in pennies you know bring in nickels and dimes and he'll hand it over and say this is for the global good fund or this is for the impact fund you know, he's trying to put together in his mind the idea of doing good and doing well and that it doesn't have to be either or. So um, I think, you know, to your question, becoming a parent uh, has really doubled down for me this importance that a lot of adults struggled with. You know, for so long, we thought that philanthropy comes out of one pocket or one bank account and investing is completely separate. And this idea that you can do both at the same time, do good and do well. Yeah. If we can start that conversation earlier, I think the world will be a better place. 
Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of what you're saying about your son reminds me of Jessica Jackley and her story. You know, she's the founder of Kiva and I read her book, Claywater Brick, a number of times. And she was that little girl that was trying to go between, you know, couch cushions to be able to find extra coins to donate to the kids on TV that needed her help. Right. And, and I think just like that presence, it leaves such a large impression and it becomes formative in an identity where now, you know, a kid or an, a young adult at that point, you know, becomes capable of living within those values. And I, I think that's really special that you can cultivate that. Um, I want to, this is kind of a selfish question because it actually came up in conversation yesterday of all things, but you've said, you know, do good, do well a number of times. I imagine that's, you know, related to some of your branding or, or whatnot, but, but what does that mean to you? Because I, I said it yesterday for the first time. I was like, wow, that's got a good ring to it. And it means something to me, but what is, what does that mean to you? So Global Good Fund supports both for-profit and nonprofit entrepreneurs. And the reason we do that is because we're supporting the leadership development of entrepreneurs who are using capitalism or using business as a vehicle for social good. And we're looking for entrepreneurs who have or can demonstrate the opportunity to have financial viability. We're only interested in entrepreneurs who can have a long-term financial way to sustain themselves they have to do well financially in order to sustain themselves and do good for the world in terms of social impact. That's through the nonprofit Global Good Fund. And on the for-profit side for the Global Impact Fund, we're taking equity, we're raising capital to take equity in for-profit companies that exist to do good for the world. And we're, the goal of the business is to make market-leading financial returns for our LPs or our investors. And so again, fundamentally, the number one goal in that fund is to, to do good by doing well, to produce social impact that's positive and also put money back in people's pockets. Hmm. So that's how those two go hand in hand in my mind. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. <laughs> and it's interesting because when I interpret do well, um, I see the argument for financial returns. You know, it's like, you know, I do well for myself as an expression. But I also think, and this is just, I think, embedded in that do well statement is like just to, to, to do well in terms of like, like you're maximizing your potential and you're doing your best, you know, to do well is to, to perform at a high level, you know, whether it be financial or just in what you care about. And, and I love that undertone of like, ah, oh, all I want to do in life is just do good and do well. You know, it's, you're doing good work and you're doing it to the best of your abilities. I mean, that's just a, it's a worthwhile pursuit in my opinion. And I love that you embody that. Thank you. And, you know, Brian, to, to take it sort of another layer here, there's a lot of work for philanthropy to do in terms of diversification of donor base. And similarly, in the venture capital industry, there's significant work to do in terms of wealth creation, not only for a diversified talent pool of entrepreneurs, but also the investor base. Uh, and so we've made it our priority in both arenas to, and this isn't, this is not recent, but we wanted to make sure that we were using financial resources that come from people who look, eat, pray, speak like our entrepreneurs, whether it's on the nonprofit or for-profit side. Um, and so that requires creating new wealth for people who have been completely overlooked by traditional market systems. That's another example of doing good and doing well that isn't 
commonly thought of and sort of takes the conversation hopefully to the next level. Yeah, I love it. Carrie, this is fantastic. I mean, I, I just am so warm hearted by everything that you're doing in the world and, you know, everything that you stand for. It just, um, it's a bright light that hopefully, you know, you continue attracting more people to the good work you're doing. And I'm just grateful to, to be in your orbit now, um, as a fellow change maker, doing my best to do good and do well. So thank you so much for the time today. Thank you, Brian. And thank you for all you're doing and to all the listeners for everything you're doing to make the world a better place. That was Carrie Rich, and man, is my heart warm. It was an incredibly insightful conversation, and we touched on a number of different things. First was empowerment, and how as a leader, it's your job to give your team the space to excel and let them bring their talents and ideas into the world. This led into a conversation about diversity and how it allows for new and varied perspectives to be considered, which is objectively the best thing you can do for problem solving. And then we also talked about doing good and doing well. There's no reason that we can't create win-wins in everything we do, raising the level for everyone, including ourselves. If you couldn't tell, Carrie is doing some incredible things in the world. Her nonprofit, the Global Good Fund, is helping train entrepreneurs to solve the world's biggest problems. And the Global Impact Fund actually invests in these same entrepreneurs to generate market-leading returns. Both organizations are linked in the description of this episode. Great work. You finished this episode, which means that you prioritized your self-growth today. And trust me, your future self will thank you. And I thank you for investing the time. And I'll see you tomorrow on Self-Improvement Daily.